Hello, dear listener. This is your podcast host, Joshua B. Kirkman, with a quick announcement before we get on way with this last of our food-related uh, podcast episodes for the podcast. Um, it's been a great series to uh, kind of bring something different to your ears. Uh, huge thanks to Oatly for supporting um, a couple of the episodes and also to our guests from Gordsvisk and also the Stockholm Environment Institute. This last episode is an interview, though. It's a little bit different. It's part of a broader campaign, which is ongoing. Uh, Patagonia and a few other nonprofits are trying to raise awareness about the damages of open net salmon farms. Uh, what you may not know about salmon farming is that um, it has huge consequences for the environment, particularly these open nets, uh, open net farms, which are located in, in the fjords in Norway. And there's a few also around Iceland and other nice places. Um, they pollute the places where they're at. Uh, they increase the risk of farmed fish escaping and mixing with the wild stock, which then can lead to a decline in wild stock um, and, the, and the quality of that stock. I'm no scientist, so that's why I brought someone on who knows a lot more about it than me. Um, his name is Mikael Ferdin. He's a Swedish fly fishing expert and also an activist. Uh, who has been willing to really put himself on the line for this cause. There's a broader petition that's available to sign if you agree that this is a problem and that we need to do something about this type of salmon farming. Um, there's a link to that in the show notes, which you can uh, follow and click on. There's also a really informative film by the people of Patagonia, um, which was produced. It uh, follows the issue of um, hatcheries and wild salmon uh, being affected by these hatcheries, as well as open net salmon farms. It's called Artificial. Um, there's a trailer for the film in the show notes as well, but there's also a link to a premiere of the film, which is taking place in Stockholm very soon, I believe on May 7th. So if you like what you hear and you want to learn more, feel free to go to that premiere and watch the full film. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty challenging to watch at times and certainly may affect the uh, ability you have to eat salmon moving forward. Uh, hate to be a spoiler. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Nordic Surfers Magazine Conversations Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that explores many things, but at this particular point in time, we're talking about food. Uh, as you may have read in our latest print edition of the magazine, food is a campaign that we're looking at over the coming months, both online and in print. And today I have a very interesting uh, guest who, who who has quite a story to tell. Um, recently in the courts uh, in, in, in Norway or in Sweden, we're going to find out exactly what happened, but I have the good pleasure to introduce Mikael Fredin um, to the podcast today. So thank you for joining me, Mikael. Thank you. And that was a good pronunciation for for being an Australian. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks. My wife's going to congratulate me too. Then when she listens to this, it's um it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you for the compliment. Okay. Uh, you you let's just kind of start with the the kind of more recent news. I mean, this is being recorded in uh, early November, and uh, I saw you on TV the other day, and. Could you let us know about why you were on TV the other day? Uh, well, I was convicted in court uh, for trespassing uh, into one of the fish farming facility facilities in northern Norway. Okay. Uh, the reason for this was that we were there um, uh, shooting uh, part of a film 
um, uh, part of a film for Patagonia, actually, uh, where uh, the film is about uh, sustainability, about uh, wild fish, and about uh, the dangers and effects on ecosystems, on hatcheries, and also, of course, the fish farming industry. Okay, all right. And so... With this um, kind of swimming into uh, or trespassing into this um, into this fish farm in particular, um, I mean, many people consume fish on a daily basis. Um, why? What is the big problem with fish farms? Is there a general problem with them, or is there specific problems with specific fish farms? What what what's going on here? Yeah, why do we do this? That's a good question. But mm. I, 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 let's say like this: if you if you have a farmer uh, with a piece of land and he will have seventy thousand cows in a small area, and they will be sick, mm. they dying, they will have wounds, big, uh, uh, and they have fungus, and they they will the the live ones will walk around the dead ones. Uh, I mean, he will be prosecuted and probably put into jail and shot down uh, immediately you know mm. and the thing with fish farming is that it's it's happening under the surface which means uh, we can't really see what's going on and uh, the Norwegian laws say that uh, in a way it's a good law actually it say you can't go closer than 20 meters you're not allowed closer than 20 meters okay uh, and um, from a journalistic point of view, if you want to find out, uh, you can't see anything through 20 meter of of uh, uh, fjord water. It's mm. impossible. So you, if you if you want to find out, uh, if you want to have firsthand information, which which was the thing for me being important from for the film and for for the journalistic point of view, uh, you just have to break the law. It's just the only way to do it. It's a big decision to make um, on an individual level, though. Um, let's come back to it. Um, you know, breaking the law is no small thing for anyone to do, and it means that you're quite passionate about the issue and about um, and and obviously about the um, about salmon in general. So, why? Like, have you always been the type of person willing to kind of take these steps? Uh, maybe always been a bit crazy being a, a passionate uh, uh, salmon fisherman, but uh, not really. I would say that um, uh, the the older I get, uh, I've always been writing about about fishing and and uh, and techniques and flies and everything. But the older I get, the more I get more concerned about trying to also spend more of my time into to uh, conservation and into the trying to affect the politicians in doing the the right thing when it comes to, to salmon. And uh, of course we don't pop up in a fish farm just <clears throat> without uh, thinking something is wrong. I mean, we have uh, we have everything telling us that uh, the Norwegian fjord systems, uh, the ecosystems are on almost collapsing because of the fish farming industry. And we have a, a gigantic uh, genetic pollution uh, where uh, we recently had, uh, had a, a scientist telling us that 60% of the Norwegian rivers, of the wild Norwegian rivers, are affected by genetic pollution from the fish farming industry. 20% of them are so affected that the scientists think they're lost forever. Uh, wow. 
I mean, there are there. It's a massive uh, change on the ecosystems and on the wild fish, and it's affecting our generation, and it will affect the, my kids and their kids and all the coming generations. And it's just for a few companies to make as many dollars as possible. And it's very short-sighted, and it's done where there's kilos in production that counts. The uh, the industry doesn't really care about the ecosystems and their effect on the wildlife. Mm. Um, when you, if you look at the industry, it's kind of strange because the fish farming industry is the only Norwegian industry where where it's not controlled by the government. It's it should be self-controlled. Ooh. So they have to tell if they have uh, problems with escapees. If they have too much sea lice, they need they need to report that. But and they need to report some diseases. But there's also a number of diseases that get, that can affect the wildlife that uh, they don't even need to report it. Okay. So it's uh, it's uh, it's an it's a. It's a crisis for the for the for the ecosystem. It's a crisis for the whole uh, the whole uh, Atlantic salmon species. I mean, um, in a few years' time now, some of the scientists I speak with say it's going to take twenty years. Some will say it take ten years. Some say it's too late already. But but uh, the the whole. Uh, um, the the whole Atlantic Norwegian Atlantic salmon stock it will disappear if they go on, mm. will be forever. And and this um, obviously your passion for for salmon fishing. Um, if people check out your your website, Fredin Flies, um, you, you're a fly fisherman. Um, that, yeah, that's have, kind of who you are. Yeah, yeah, that's who I am. I'm, and I'm in a way I made myself a name in the business. And and for me, I mean, uh, salmon and and the, the fly fishing community and fly fishing has given me a fantastic life. I'm now 57 years old, and uh, and uh, if I can, in a way, pay back to fish and and rivers uh, by trying to to change this, uh, um, you know, it's it's my obligation to do that. I think. What got you into fly fishing in the beginning? What was the attraction? Uh, I started in a strange way, maybe, because I started tying flies before I actually started fishing with a fly. That's interesting. <laughs> what was the attraction to tying flies then? <laughs> I, I just uh, had one of these little kits from my parents and uh, then um, started there and then it got all out of hand. <laughs> now it's about uh, it's about. I say it's too late to get a proper job now, but I've been doing this all my life. So, uh, what are some of the best things about it? Like, how do you? Uh, it's not fly fishing is quite a popular pastime, um, generally speaking. You could say, but you know, if you were to describe what it is about this type of fishing in particular that attracts you to it, what is it? What what exactly is it that it lures you to fly fishing? Uh, well, there's one big difference with, with th- throwing a spoon or a spinner at with a spinning rod. Mm. Uh, you do that, and you you know you catch a fish, and that is fantastic, and that can be a, a big thing for you. But but the whole thing with casting a fly and is that the, there's a harmony in the 
in the fly cast in the line and the rod and everything going hand in hand and you wait out in the water and you become part of the river or the 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 system you're in and uh it's um uh, it's uh it's a for me it's a higher level of of uh i mean presence i mean i i i i moved somewhere else while i'm there it's it's a, it's the biggest harmony i can find in life actually so it's, it, it is it can be quite um I, i've never i can actually say i've never actually fly fished in my life because it looks too hard um i've i've and i and i'm not much of a fisherman either it's um i kind of get too bored with the line fishing and just kind of sitting there and hoping for something amazing to happen um myself i've i've done a bit of spear fishing in my time cuz um and the reason why i like that is because uh you have to really work for it you know like with 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 going and buying a fish that's pretty easy to do you know you just put your hand in your pocket you take out some money and you give it to the person and they give you a fish but for me, there's this certain pleasure that you get um, when you catch or you you know you hunt your own your own fish, and you you have to kind of take responsibility for the cleaning up of that fish, and then you you know you kind of you do have this longer uh, relationship with the with the food that you're about to eat. Um, do you recognize that kind of level of effort as well when it comes to the um, to the actual collection of the fish and the preparation and all those kind of things or are you kind of more just do you just like being in nature is that what this is all about for you first of all that was a long question i know no, i know i'm hopeless aren't i, I'm <laughs> I was hopeless. going to say you're a surfer saying me it that uh, it's uh, it looks too complicated yeah i mean come on you <laughs> that looks really hard for me. uh but uh, but uh i bet i, I bet it it's not that far away from from doing that perfect wave. Uh, I mean, you're there, and you 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 get a higher, uh, you you get moved to a higher place, a better place, and you, you feel uh, you're perfect, and everything is perfect. And mm. it's the same with fishing. And when it comes to uh, when it comes to fly fishing and food, mm. uh, I'm. Um, of course, I killed a few fish, uh, and uh, when I was younger, many fish, more than we can eat, which was crazy, of course. But, but now uh, I'm I moved away from that in a way because uh, uh, our when we fish for Atlantic salmon, the fish are too too valuable to kill and eat, actually. Okay. Um, and um, we so we we started with thinking that this fish farming thing would save our. Uh, save our wild stocks of fish because uh, the commercial fishing didn't need to kill them. We could farm them, and now mm-hmm. we understand that it's the quite the opposite. The, the fish farms uh, um, are a bigger threat to the wild fish than any commercial fishing ever ever been actually. But um, I like to eat the fish. I like to catch fish and eat it. But but my respect for salmon is probably a bit bigger there because I I will uh, be part of uh, a part of the the river and part of catching this fish. But I don't really need to kill it. I can I can release it and it can spawn it in the, and it can um, uh, keep the the stock for the future. That that makes me feel even bigger than and better than uh, than killing and eating it. You know? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it's quite an effort, though. Like, I mean, so you you really do enjoy being in the zone, and I I do actually recognize um 
that's the kind of thing you're referring to with surfers um when we're on a wave we are we're very focused you know like um you only have a singular focus when you're on a wave and so what you're saying is that in the act of fly fishing you're very much in the zone yeah you weigh that river and you fish your line and you do this and you look at the watch and and you think god three hours you think 10 minutes passed and you've been doing something and you're being so concentrating and and uh, it's also with fly fishing i bet it's the same with surfing is that you try to control what's uncontrollable and you try to mm-hmm. do the, the you try to do something perfect that's impossible to do perfect mm-hmm. uh, but the, the effort to get as close as possible gives you the biggest thrill and and there's uh, you have to focus and uh, it's uh Oh, it's a it's a it's it's a hard thing to explain. But I sometimes said that uh, that wading a river it's like sitting inside of a fire and being part of that. I never uh-huh. tried. It. I bet it's the same. I mean, it, it changes every tenth of a second. It's never the same. If you try, you know, you can't fight it. It's impossible. You will lose. You 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 will need to try to just be a part of it. And it's uh, you know it's. Um, it's it's a kind of philosophic. But, uh, <laughs> kind of philosophic would be an understatement at this point in time. <laughs> uh, uh, I've done too much, maybe. I've, I've, I actually, people ask me how many fish I caught, and I've decided I'll keep that for myself. But I looked in my books and found out that I did 6,000 days on Salmon River around the world. Wow. And so I don't have to think about what I've been doing. No, no. I love with this, so. Um, very recently on this question of the fish farming, um, the, I won't name the surfer's name, but there was a, a pretty big name surfer who, who recently shared um, some promotional material, um, basically a sponsorship from a fish farm. And it was quite interesting to see um, this, this happens. I mean, a lot of surfers have, um, have an influence and they are marketing machines. Um, and it's understandable that any company would want to be associated with many of these guys. Um, I think I sent you through the link to have a look at and, and you know, what surfers, you know, obviously a lot of fish farms are kind of vying for the, they want consumers. So they'll engage with surfers to represent them in that market. Um, what are your thoughts on or what advice do you have for for surfers or other influencers who might be approached by such things as salmon farms or any other kind of endorsement which is kind of has its um definitely it's uh what's the word I'm I'm a bit lost for the words now but it has its kind of um critics in the mainstream what what is your advice for that and you know what did you think about this particular collaboration uh, if you want me to tell you what I thought about the clip you sent me, you have to shut off that microphone first. <laughs> okay. uh, no, I'm, uh, I'll answer in a little different way, maybe, that um, uh, in our fly fishing industry, what happened is that uh, that uh, Chile's become one of the most important or most popular places to go and fish for for king salmon and to go and fish uh, also Atlantic salmon. And uh, if you think about it, uh, what people really do is that they travel down and they fish for escapees from fish farms. They fish into ecosystems that totally collapsed. Uh, 
Uh. You fish. It's like going out in the forest and you'll meet a kangaroo on the side with a lion and maybe a, a polar bear. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, right. it's absolutely ridiculous. And mm. I'm, mm. Uh, I'm, I've been asked and 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 actually been invited to go to these rivers and fish this place. But, but personally, I decided I will won't do it because I don't want to support that. I can't support that. Mm-hmm. And, and also what I know or what people tell me is that the, the amount of chemicals and, um, and uh, poison used to, uh, to, on the fish farms in South America is, is way worse than anywhere else because the control system is there's no, there, there's no one controlling and they, they don't really care. They mm-hmm. wouldn't move around these fish farms to, from different one location to another location and when one is polluted enough they just move it and um, and uh, actually I think the the a lot of these uh, parts of the Chilean coast are now lost forever and um, uh, for me it would be impossible to to just go there and support it that way uh, to support it the way this guy did in in your film there i mean it's just uh uh, you know it's going to say poor guy he doesn't know it's all about knowledge uh and he thinks in what he says he thinks that the fish farm will save the wild fish and he's absolutely wrong it's it's the opposite so um uh, (laughs) yeah I was soft there. Yeah, yeah, you were very I diplomatic. Could, I was trying to because that was absolutely a no good clip. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had my doubts, um, uh, and I, I, when I saw it, I, you know, I was a little bit. Um, I'm pretty critical as well on an environmental level about some of these things. And when I saw the Instagram post, I was like, oh, wow, there's a there's a fish farm that's a good one. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll click the link and I'll find out more. And yeah, for me, I was quite disappointed that there really wasn't anything mentioned about um, sustainability with these fish farms or, or anything like that. It was a beautiful scene. It would look quite nice. I'd love to visit it. I love Chile. It's a beautiful place. Um yeah. So it it really didn't deliver um, at all any any information and and even then the website of that particular company didn't really seem to have much to say about sustainability either. So um, there is there seems to be a rather large knowledge gap when it comes to particularly salmon. Um, and what I guess I wanted to ask you as well in this you know this quick conversation about food and and salmon and it's it's quite a big food that people consume in the Nordics. Um, how are consumers able to discern between salmon that is good and salmon that is bad? Yeah, what, what, how do they do it? Yeah, good question. And that there, one of the things uh, with this fish farming thing is that, that uh, um, actually the industry is absolutely fooled the whole society because the mom that goes to the food store and she wants to uh, buy some good stuff or good food for her kids she look into these uh, freezers and she will buy the farmed or even the fresh ones and buy the farmed Norwegian fish and she doesn't know that it's uh, it's practically no omega-3 in there there's very little omega-6 there's uh, uh, there's nothing of the good that comes from the wild fish in this fish, and um, uh, and the 
industry, uh, they, uh, in a way, they, um, I think this is changing now because, because of uh, partly what we do with the, trying to show people how bad things are. But but the industry must change. And the, and the thing is, they tried to make me like the, the fish farming enemy number one. And I'm not really a, a, an enemy of, of Norwegian fish farming. I'm just an enemy on the way they do it and the way they, they destroy it the ecosystems around them uh and i actually think that the, the regular consumer the, uh, you know people smoke they know that was bad they're gonna sure yeah they're gonna eat uh, fish even if they think it's not that good for them but i don't think people would like to be part of destroying ecosystems and making the wild salmon be an extinct species. I don't think people want to be part of that. And the thing is now that that uh, the solution is right there uh, to move all the, the, the whole industry into closed tanks. Uh, you will take away the genetic pollution. You will take away the sea lice uh, parasite problems. You don't let all the... Uh, uh, the chemicals out in the in the wild ecosystems you will get you will have a chance to control everything and take care of it and also use uh the the shit from the fish it's fertilizers and and you can even you can even use uh uh use it to produce uh, electricity for an example there is uh there is a uh, power dam on Alta, where we were. Alta is the, uh, probably the most well-known uh, salmon river in the world and one of the most protective ones. But they got one of these dams. And they say that if you take the, the if you use the, um, uh, the power of the, the, the shit that the fish farms produce in the Alta Fjord, you have uh, four times as much energy as the power plant will produce the, so that the, 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 there is a possibility and there's not the lack of science or, or solutions it's just that this costs a bit of money mm. and, and I actually been uh, been saying uh, both when I was in court and, and that I, w- I would like to see Norwegian politicians I w- I'd like to see a brave Norwegian politician saying okay let's let's uh, let's change this let's uh, Let's um, not that the industry needs money because they're making billions of, of, of dollars, but but let's take some of this oil money and and subsidize uh, the change from the open pans into closed tanks and and ecosystems will be saved and and the fish they will produce will be a lot better. Uh, today, you know, it takes uh, it takes between. Uh, two and a half and four kilos of wild fish from from healthy ecosystems to produce one kilo of farmed fish that's not really uh, good for you to eat. Yeah, I mean, right. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But the, it's interesting to hear you say so that, you know, you, you're not particularly like f- fish farming can take place in your opinion it's just that you 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 know or you you identify that there are easy, not necessarily okay, not necessarily no. financially easy, but there are solutions that can reduce the environmental impact of fish farming. Yeah, of course. I mean, I I think initially maybe it will cost a little bit more to produce this fish, but but uh, the scientist tells us that uh, the the financial part of it, uh, when you have done your your uh, in 
investment, uh, it's a better business. So uh, it's just the change for the industry to change into the closed tank that costs some money. And, um, and um, you know, I've, I've, it's... Uh, 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 people have been saying it's up to us consumers. Mm. Uh, I'm um, sorry to say, but, you know, as I said, people are smoking and drinking mm. too much and will uh, buy those potato chips. We know they're bad for us, but we mm. it anyway. I think I think we can't we can't do all the way that way. We can affect it by not going down to our sushi bar and eat that salmon. Mm. I think. So healthy, but is that know. the so is that the most uh, is that the most kind of applicable thing that a person today can do about because would you I mean they can also probably ask their local sushi bar where they got the salmon from but I mean is the answer that the majority of that is farmed salmon and all of it, all of it. Not only the majority it's hundred percent okay so it's a hundred percent so really at this point in time. If people out there who are listening to this podcast, if they wanted to make any action themselves um, that would see them kind of not support this type of uh, polluting type of aquaculture, um, it really is just don't eat the salmon. Yeah. And it's also a donate salmon that comes from these open pans. And uh, and look at the pack in the in your shop. It's better to buy Pacific fish that are caught out in the sea, wild fish, than to to buy the farmed fish from from Norway and uh, uh, or from the Norwegian companies. It's mostly Norwegian companies. Even what they do is well is worldwide. They 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 destroy the Norwegian coast and they destroyed Chile and they affected uh, the UK. Uh, coastline and they're now in Iceland uh, threatening to destroy uh, the Icelandic uh, ecosystems and uh, in Canada and BC and um, uh, what we can do is uh, that we can uh, look at this and we can we can pop the question uh, that we need to have this to be sustainable and we need to have this food source to come from close tanks and we should also be aware that every everything that says eco is not uh, it's not good. There are uh, eco, what they call eco uh, salmon sold that comes from the same uh, same farms and destroying uh, our ecosystems too. But as long as it comes from close tanks, um, uh, we are doing uh, uh, our environment a big favor. Okay. Uh, buy that and also to to ask for it i mean you go to your fish uh, to your food store and you ask it the country you buy your fish and say you got some some good salmon and they will they will uh, present the norwegian fish for and they and uh, ask them where it comes from and uh, ask them if they have it from closed systems i mean what it's going to cost maybe in kroner it costs 15 kroner more a kilo yeah, I think most people would like to pay 15 kroner per kilo just to be sure they don't uh, um, they don't destroy the ecosystems we're living in. You know? Yeah, it's not a lot to pay. No, it's it's not so, a lot. so the the consumers got the they got the got the, a chance to do things. What we did in Alta also, and where I had a chance maybe to to affect the politicians a bit is is to to um, 
to 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 tell them that now we it's up to you guys to to save this or or if you don't you're going to regret it because it's going to be gone and when it's gone it's too late you're going to sit there and you're going to say to yourself oh we should have done it you know mm-hmm. so but but also press your politicians a little bit if you're in an area where your local politicians have salmon wild salmon rivers uh, in the neighborhood i mean um, make sure that politicians uh, uh, do the right things and and uh, um, and don't be afraid to 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 be a bit tricky like i be <laughs> a bit tricky <laughs> No, well, I mean, I'm sure that um, everybody appreciates your efforts. Um, And these efforts have been quite intense. And obviously, there's a lot going on for you at this very point in time. But I guess I wanted to finish off the... um this interview by saying first of all thank you for your time and and informing the the listener here a little bit about what the what some of the things to think about when they're purchasing um salmon next time or if they're going out for some sushi um i actually in lund here where i live i actually go to one um that only sources local fish and um and one of the things i've noticed is that there's very rarely any salmon in the in the um, sushi that they serve because there's nothing close by um, that they can source. So it's um, quite an interesting approach to kind of maybe consume locally. Um, what? I, I, that's what people ask me too. When, where do I get salmon? And they, they, they ask you the question in the middle of the winter and there's no one selling salmon because yeah. there are salmon. Exactly. And I say it's the same with strawberries. Where do you find Swedish strawberries in February? Exactly. I'm, I mean, we have to get used to this not being a food source that we can get one month a year. This is uh, it's uh, it comes in uh, at the one season and then then we can have it fresh or we will have to eat it frozen. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But what I was going to finish off on was when like have you been able to go fishing lately? Have you had the joy of fishing lately? Uh, when was I? I was in Russia and that is uh, three weeks ago. So. Um, I tried to do this. I, I tried to work a little bit now this time of the year too, actually. But uh, yeah. I I tried to fish all the year around uh, uh, to pop in a day or two and uh, to uh, be out and and you know clear your head from everything you pick up on the computer and uh, so. Um, but from April to September, I'm mostly on rivers. So. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's funny to clear your head from the computer. I think surfers who listen to this definitely share that same uh, motivation and, and the same benefit of, of getting out into the surf and clearing their heads as well. Um, on your website, this is maybe a good way to kind of close off the conversation and let you get on with your day there. But um, people can, in fact, um, you do a number of different tours and lots of different coaching and fishing schools and things like that. Where can where can people find out more information about um learning to fly fish um the Mikhail Fredin way yeah we, we're trying to, to to upgrade our web now it's been it's as too much things to do all the time but uh, sure, on my sure. web on fredinflies.com there will be uh, uh when i do classes that's normally there and when i do speeches uh, you find it there too and um you know and uh, i'm i'm uh, i'm happy as to do, write me a mail and i'll uh, i'll i'll try to point people in the right direction and I've also done classes for companies or groups of pals that just want to decide that they want to learn about this so just 
you know, if, if you're interested, I'm right here. Great. That's great. Thank you so much for the time um, for recording this podcast today, Mikhail. Um, good luck with everything, um, and I'm sure we'll be checking in with you in the future to, to see how things are going. Thank you. And you know what we're seeing in salmon fishing? Luck has nothing to do with it. You have to fight for it. You know? So that was Mikhail Fredin giving us a fair bit of food for thought, you could say. Thank you, everyone involved in this food campaign. Um, thank you to Mikhail Fredin, uh, also Karina Barquette from the Stockholm Environment Institute, and also the good people at Gord's Fisk for taking the time to talk with me and others along the way. Huge shout out again to Oatly for supporting a couple of these podcasts. We really appreciate that support. And, um, and yeah, you should too. About this specific campaign that Mikhail's been working on, once again, it's called Artificial, the film. It's all about the salmon industry. Uh, it's a great film. You can check it out uh, at a number of different premieres, um, particularly one that's coming up in Stockholm on the 7th of May. Go to the link in the show notes and you can uh, you can register your interest to attend there, and I highly recommend it. It's a great film, um, really well done, and it makes you really consider... Um, you know, what to do as an individual when it comes to consuming salmon. It's really, um, it's quite complex, but um, it's it certainly makes you stop and think. Thank you, Mikhail. Thank you, the listener. And that is all from us until next time. Thank you. <laughs>